TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Right, some of you are asking questions about the permanent fix for the Independence Avenue bridge. Why can't we raise the bridge? Why can't we lower the road? Why can't you move the curtain back? Why can't you? Why can't you? We're jotting all those down. We will ask Mayor Quentin Lucas about that coming up at 1145 because he's the guy to ask. So we will certainly do that. So Kansas lawmakers pulled a cute little move here recently that none of us really knew about. Um, So what they did was last year they set up a bipartisan pay commission to study if lawmakers should get raises and if so, how much. And they agreed that whatever the proposal was would take effect unless both legislative chambers passed a resolution resolution rejecting it by Wednesday. It's that whole it'll take effect unless we say no thing. Right. Yeah. Well, they didn't say no. <laughs> and <laughs> wow, did that benefit lawmakers. Who would say no? I mean, this is the funniest thing about it. I mean, they describe it as, well, the, it had bipartisan support. Well, I heck bet. yeah, of course it did. Mm-hmm. Because who's going to say no when you say, hey, uh, do you want your pay raised by about 93%? Yes, I do. Thank you very much for asking. And that's what they did. You're right. I mean, I love this because... And I say that, you know, advisedly in a very sarcastic way because of the way that they did it. I mean, when Congress does this, when the United States Congress does this, they have to vote on it. In this case, there was no vote. The only thing they did was stand there and let it happen, because if you vote yourself a 93 percent pay raise, somebody in the state might see a problem with that and start yelling at you and saying, how dare you vote for a 93 percent pay raise for yourself? And in this case, they didn't have to. In one year. Yep. I'm not opposed to pay increases. I mean, I think most people would say that's a good thing, right? I am opposed to how it happened. And it was 93% in one year, not like, like even the UAW didn't do that. When we were going through the whole Ford thing, even they didn't say we we're going to do the whole whopping thing in one year. Yeah. They said, yeah, we'll, we'll scatter it over a few years here. Yeah. 3% so, this year, 5% yeah. this year, 2% the year after. Sure. Here's where, here's what's, what's going to happen to it for lawmakers rank and file. It's going to go from $30,000 to nearly 58,000. Legislative leaders get more money because they have more work to do. So the House Speaker and Senate President, we're, do this math, we're making 44000 It's going to go up to more than 85000 a year. Wow. It's good to be a lawmaker. Yeah, no kidding. And you, you could also, and I think you would be accurate in saying this, 
say that $30,000 a year for somebody who has an important job like state legislator is embarrassingly low. I would agree with you on that. It's a matter of taking that and almost doubling it over the course of a year. That just seems, okay, if if that much money exists in the budget, uh-huh. then why does the state of Kansas, uh, and now Kansas is one of the states that uh, over the last few years, if I'm not mistaken on this, has been one of the few to actually run a surplus. And that may be where some of this money is going to come from. But there are still things that need to be done in the state of Kansas, expensive things that need to be done in the state of Kansas. And that's a lot of money to spread out over the entire legislature in just one year. I want someone to justify it, like really justify it. House Speaker Dan Hawkins, a Republican out of Wichita, said, I think it's fair. I think that the commission did a really good job. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. would, if hey, if they said, you deserve to have your pay doubled, Grayson, I would think you guys did an awesome job with that. That's perfect. That, yeah, I mean, you're not going to see anybody that's going to poke holes in this. And that's why we're not hearing the legislature say much about it. I, I would love to see, though, somebody take that that possibility away in the future and say, you know what, if the legislature is going to vote itself a pay raise, so be it. If you're not going to vote yourself a pay raise, then you don't get a pay raise. Make them go through the process. And the other thing about that is, you know, while I was saying that $30,000 a year for a legislator, I think is embarrassingly low. On the other hand, how many of the legislators in the state of Kansas have day jobs? Most, I would say. I would think the answer to that is probably most, if not all. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about them trying to scrape by on 30 grand a year. It's also, I'm not trying to downplay what state lawmakers do. They are really, really busy four months of the year. When the spring, right now, when the spring legislative session is in, they are really, really busy. The rest of the year, they're engaged with constituents, but they're not in Topeka every day working on stuff. No, they have staff to do that. And they all have home offices in the city or the town where they're from. Right. And so I would be more okay. I need someone to tell me, I need the justification to be something like, we didn't get a raise for however many years it was. And so now that we have, let's say, oh no, they don't have marijuana money in Kansas. That's Missouri. Uh, gambling money, now that we have sports betting money, we can afford to make up for years of not giving our lawmakers raises. That is, again, I still think 93% in a year is insane, but that's a way that you could justify it to me a little bit. Sure, and even at that, I mean, you could come back and say, even though I know they're not equated with each other, but you could come back and say, yeah, and uh, the last time we raised the U.S. minimum wage was 15 years ago. Right. So, yeah, let's talk about that, too. If we're going to take a look at, uh, you know, the, it, well, the state legislators haven't gotten a raise in a while. Okay, neither have we. <laughs> so, you know, writ large, the U.S. population hasn't really gotten one. Um, now, states have, have had to take that over because the U.S. minimum wage has been stagnant for so long. Um, and so, yeah, there, there are always going to be those kinds of back and forths about these things. But you're right. I, I think it should be more than just... Well, the commission said so, so we just went along with it. Yeah. Um, so what lawmakers said was that they do more work than $30,000 a year. What they're going to get now is a full-time job for most people. Yep. For a lot of people, what they're going to make now is for a full-time job. It's not a full-time job. 
It's not. Yeah. Um, and the part about not voting, if you vote on it, then you have to justify it to your to your constituents. If you vote yes, that's an on-the-record vote that your constituents then can ask you about. This was a this was a cowardly way to do this. Yeah, and the other thing that it forestalls is any kind of debate on the floor of the Kansas legislature. So yeah. they don't have to talk about it. They don't have to they don't have to have legislators bring up what you just brought up a little while ago, which is why don't we graduate this and give the state a little bit of time to catch up instead of just putting 93% one year. Why why don't we make this go into effect over 5 years or 7 years and eventually get there but not just take all of that windfall like you said from gambling money uh, although that's earmarked so that's you know that, not exactly, but that does free up money in other parts mm-hmm. of the budget as well why not have that kind of debate on the floor of the legislature so that somebody that doesn't want this to go through or at least not in its current form can have the ability to say so and put it on the record or if you wanted to score political points which don't they all sure you could go onto the house floor and say why don't we make it 50 percent, which would still be significant and we'll put the rest of the money into raising um, starting salaries for social workers in the state, in the Department of Human Services or whatever it is, where we need those salaries to be higher or teachers or schools or whatever it is. You're still getting 50%. You could score so many, that is re-election. Right, because right what they've done instead is given themselves all, every single one of them, regardless of their level of support for the measure itself, they've given themselves all cover and an excuse. And the excuse is, I couldn't do anything about it. There was nothing right. I could do to stop it. For somebody who just said it is double 30K, they get daily expense money. That might be right, but the 58K includes that daily expense money. You're right. They get stipends for meals and that kind of thing. While they're the in The 58,000, yeah, yeah is, in, includes that now. So if you live on the Kansas side, these were your lawmakers that did this. <laughs> I'm just saying, we have our own problems in Missouri. This was you guys. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's I'm I'm not terribly happy about it, but uh, you know, like I said, my my legislator is going to be able to tell me. Well, sorry, I, I couldn't do anything to stop it. So yeah, mm-hmm. we are where we are. If you have thoughts on it, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Coming up, uh, police officer pulls over a woman for what he thinks is drunken driving. It wasn't drunken driving at all. We'll get to that coming up on KMBZ. It's good to be a Kansas lawmaker get a 93% raise in one year because you put a bipartisan commission together and said, come up with a proposal for pay raises. And if we don't like it, we'll tell you we don't like it, but otherwise it's good to go. Yeah, whatever you guys say is what goes, and Diane and Leavenworth has a word or two to say about it. Morning, Diane. Oh, God, I'm telling you what, kiddo, I am so daggum mad. <laughs> I, I, they sit on their butts, they go through paperwork and talk all kinds of things about the future. They... These kids could have more things in school. The special needs kids could have more things. Our roads, our, our poor people, our, I just, I, I've been known to call Robert Dole when he was in office. I called Mrs. Bush when she was, Mr. Bush was in the office. And I'm telling you what, I think the people should have had the right to vote, whether they have lazy People got to raise and not like that. Don't go making Colin nervous. nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Diane, thank you. And I'll tell you, you're you're not the only one to say so, Diane. Thank you. That's a theme that's come in on the text line many times is if the legislature wants a raise, let them ask us for it. 
Yes. Uh, somebody just asked what's to keep them from doing it again next year. Absolutely nothing. Nope. A absolutely nothing. I don't know why they waited this long to do this because nothing was stopping them from doing it this year. And it's not like they announced it. You know, I saw it out of ABC News this morning. Yes. And um, hmm. yeah, I mean, if they had, I, I think what the consensus would have been from the public is when you put that $30,000 number out for a freshman congressman or a freshman state senator in Kansas, then I think most of us would have seen that and said, you know what, that's that's an, that's a job. If you want to attract the best and the brightest, that that's a job that needs that, and $30,000 probably isn't going to, to be enough to entice somebody into that line of work who should be there, who we need there. So some kind of raise, absolutely. We can have that discussion. But I don't think a single one of us would have said, yeah, double it in a year. Uh, it's interesting you say that because I, um, I mean, what we hear from people in public service is they do it to be in public service. And again, most of them have jobs outside of that. And so... Will $45,000 make somebody run if $30,000 won't? Tell me that's the reason then. That's so it, true. And, that's and, a good way to justify it. Well, yeah, and you would also hope, as you were saying, that if somebody did get into that line of work, if somebody did decide, you know what, I've, I've had it. Uh, things are not going the direction that I like in the state of Kansas, and I live in a district where somebody's retiring, I'm going to run for that seat, and I'm going to run with my ideas, that it would be all about that and nothing about the money. But... Everything's about the money. Right. Right. So uh, good on them. Good, good, good day to be on the Kansas side. Texter, by the way, just asked, could this be challenged in court by the taxpayers? Not likely. Um, I mean, you can sue for anything, but would you mm -hmm. likely, I mean, if they have the legal power to do what they did, would you probably prevail? No, I wouldn't waste your money. Yeah, I yeah, wait, wait, wasted on other things, but not on this. All right. Uh, we go to Washington State for this next story. Um, and this is a terrifying one because you have a woman who was having a medical episode that from behind the wheel looked like she was driving drunk. That's not what it was. And it took way too long to sort this out. Yes, it did. And in the meantime, the things that happened to her, even as she was being pulled over, are unacceptable on so many levels when you look at what actually happened here. What was going on is that this woman who was pulled over was suffering from what's called a subdural hematoma, which you may have heard on every you know medical show since emergency back in the 70s. But what that is, what that means is that you have blood accumulating between underneath your skull, between what's called the dura mater, uh, which is the, the kind of covering over your brain, and your brain itself. So it's underneath all of that. You've got a blood, you've got a, a blood uh, accumulation that's pushing directly on your brain. And in her case, it was frontal lobe, which is responsible for the higher functions for uh, reasoning and things like that. That's where all of that takes place. So that was being damaged. She didn't know what was going on and was at work, told her boss, I'm dizzy. I have a really bad headache. I don't know what's going on. I'm starting to feel fatigued. I need to go home. It was on her way home that a police officer noticed that she was driving erratically, that she was driving way too slow and was swerving a bit, so tried to pull her over. She didn't respond, didn't pull over, and the car rolled into a roundabout, crashed. It wasn't a bad crash because she was going very slowly, but she was then pulled out of the vehicle, put down onto the hood of the policeman's car, 
and she was barely responsive. She was responding a little bit verbally, but she couldn't put a rational thought together. And he thought that she was either drunk or on serious drugs and continued to treat her that way. And just didn't assume anything else was possible. It didn't seem to occur to him at all that this might have been a stroke, some kind of medical event. It could have been anything. So uh, we've got the radio, obviously, um, the police radio. And so this officer, Barnes is his last name, reports on his radio. He's got the woman in custody with no use of force. So other officers arrived. He accuses her of trying to use her keys as a weapon because she won't drop them. The keys are in her left hand. That's the side of her body affected by the brain bleed. She can't drop them. She, she couldn't move. Right. Yeah. She, she couldn't let go if she wanted to. And his response to that. So, yeah, that I mean, his gun was pulled as he walked yeah. up to the car. So he was already in a, a in a defensive posture as he walked up to the car and then continued to ask her things like, when's the last time you used meth? When was the last time you used heroin? And she was telling him, I haven't, I don't. And then she said, I'm confused. I think I'm tired. The lawsuit alleges, because this is going to be the mother of all lawsuits, that without conducting field sobriety tests, he arrests her on suspicion of intoxicated driving and felony evading. He did not call medics to the scene, despite the collision disabling her car, and took her to a hospital for a blood draw. Uh, according to the lawsuit, he told her that if she had just pulled over immediately and been cool, he would have let her go home. Um, okay, so then we go to the hospital. Yes. And it gets worse. The blood draw is taken. It shows no drugs. It shows no alcohol, but there was no medical intervention. So by the time that came, by the time that result came in, she was on her way back to jail where she was left in a cell on the floor for a day more than 24 hours um who is van kirk that's being that's mentioned here they said she was left in a notably deteriorating condition and continuing to ask for help i think that's her lawyer okay they are mocking her in the meantime they are laughing at her she recalls being laughed at and told she could have another shot which she took as a taunting reference to the belief that she was drunk not sick and the idea that 24 hours later that if it was something like drugs or alcohol that 24 hours later you could be worse not better how do you not know how do you not realize this is a medical condition we've talked before about some of the medical conditions like diabetic shock that mm -hmm. can mimic being drunk you look drunk but they didn't smell any alcohol on her because she hadn't been drinking she started vomiting uncontrollably at one point she was found in a pool of her own urine on the yeah. floor of the cell the next morning and then yeah the, and then the vomiting started a few hours after that finally a member of the jail's medical team was called they advised that she be taken to the hospital immediately where they find out in fact yes it was this brain bleed the whole time I, I don't know. I don't even know where you start when you're writing that lawsuit. Where do you even begin? There were so many opportunities, so many ways that this could have been forestalled and she would have been maybe not fine. I mean, anytime you've got it, it wasn't a bleed inside the brain tissue, like we said, but it was it was enough to put force on that. And she had to have surgery. She had a section of her skull removed. I mean, all kinds of things had to happen. 
but I mean, you compared it to a stroke earlier, and that's a valid comparison. Even though the bleed wasn't inside her brain, it could absolutely do the same kind of damage from putting that pressure on. So a lot of that is unfortunately going to be permanent. And in the same way that they say with a stroke, seconds lost equals brain lost. The more time that went on, that bleed wasn't stopping, and there was more blood in there and more pressure put on her brain. She could have been in much better shape had she just been taken to the hospital and left there to be medically evaluated instead of being taken back to jail. Uh, Doctors removed a large piece of her skull to relieve the pressure that was building inside her brain. She now has permanent disabilities, uh, remains unable to care for herself or engage in life in meaningful ways. Now, the question is, and and what we're never going to know the answer to is, did that 24 hours or whatever make a difference? Would it have made a difference in, in would she have permanent disabilities anyway? Um, which is, which we're never going to know the answer to that. But her lawyer is saying, had she received immediate medical attention, her condition would have been significantly easier to treat and the outcome far less severe. For sure, what we know is cops arrested her for DUI without doing any field sobriety tests. Yes. And and how do you even come up, come to the conclusion that you're going to take her to the hospital to have blood drawn and then just leave before you know what it says? I don't get the logic behind any of that. I don't understand it. And, you know, them taunting her while she's in jail and saying, yeah, when she asked for help, they said, you want help? Have another shot, as you mentioned. I mean, that's just that's it's terrible behavior on top of the fact that they had already done so many things obviously wrong, what what possible explanation could you have for treating somebody like that? And the blood draw showed no alcohol, right? Nothing. No alcohol, no So they no had drugs. no evidence. They, at that point, what are you even charging her with? Yeah. Because it didn't show any any alcohol in her system. And and that's, I mean, that comes down to a training issue. If you, look, I wouldn't know, right? I wouldn't know the difference. If somebody's stumbling down the road, my first thought is also going to be, somebody had a few too many, got started earlier today, did you? So I don't know how to tell the difference uh, visually between somebody who's in medical crisis and somebody who's either drunk or on drugs. But I'm not a cop. Right, right. All right, we have to go to a break. You're reacting strongly on the text line, as are we. Feel free to give us a call, 913-586-7798. Back with your comments on this next year on KMBZ. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. 
You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Mayor Quentin Lucas joining us about 10 minutes from right now. Talk more about what's going on with the Independence Avenue Bridge Curtain. Not just the bridge, but the bridge curtain after what we learned this week. Uh, moving on here to uh, this next story. I wondered this this morning. I was out for a walk this morning and wondered this about the chairs that sit outside of restaurants when they're closed, like the yeah. patio chairs. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you saw this story today because I thought, are they bolted down so that nobody <laughs> takes them? Yeah, because some of them are really nice, right? I mean, yeah. you oh, figure, yeah. hey, sure. I, can, I can do that table and chairs out back, no problem. Yeah, this was a story about somebody that went into uh, an ice chest that was outside of a Dollar General store. And they just, they pulled up outside in a pickup truck, opened the door because those things are usually only locked when business hours are over. Mm-hmm. and just opened the doors to the ice chest outside and started loading bags into the back of the pickup truck and took off. They were found, I mean, because there was surveillance video, and, and they were found shortly thereafter. They actually, the police took all 27 bags of ice. I, I don't know if they took them back to the store necessarily, but they did take them and uh, you know to use as evidence. But every time I go by, like you get into uh, October, November, And what do you start to see outside of auto parts stores and outside of convenience stores? You see those tables that are set up that have two things on them, ice melt, the salt, Mm -hmm. and then the windshield washer fluid, because they know that's going to be a high demand item that's going to take up a ton of space inside the store. So they just leave it out on the sidewalk. And every time I see it, I think, how many of those bags walk off every year? I have wondered that about firewood that sits outside of gas stations. That too, yes. Like QT's got it, you know, at certain times of the year, you can get the the bale, well, I don't know what they call that, the bundles of firewood for five or six bucks or whatever it is. Again, they have cameras everywhere. There's enough people coming in and out. But but if I saw somebody putting five, you know, bundles of firewood in their truck, I just think they went in and they paid for five of them. You know, it, it would not occur to me that they were being stolen. Yeah, if I had seen these guys loading the bags of ice, I'd have thought the same thing. Oh, they just they must have gone in and said we need twenty seven bags of ice, paid for them, and then you know out yeah. you go. That's how you do it. I so why don't they put? I I get that it's a space issue, right? For the for the ice chest, but a lot of grocery stores just have it inside in the front of the store by the doors probably for this reason yeah why not just put stuff inside right well yeah walmart does that because they've got it right next to usually where the where the thing is where you fill the gallon jugs of water um Mm -hmm. you know potable water so it's that same idea of i think where your space is limited in inside a convenience store you've got a lot more room in a walmart to be able to do that even a grocery store is going to have that but I just I would question the wisdom behind stacking anything up outside. And it's got I mean, when you decide to do that, do they automatically just write off a certain portion of it and go, okay, we're going to put 50 bottles of windshield washer fluid out here. Mm -hmm. We're planning on getting paid for 40 of them. And you are paying as a customer, (laughs) you are paying for that loss. (laughs) Of course, you're paying for the ones that walk away. Or do they just, uh, yeah, somebody backed you up on the cords of wood outside. But um, yeah, do do they just automatically build that in or do they still have that sort of Pollyanna attitude? Because I, I will say, I think we're seeing less of that now. I think we're definitely in the the era of shoplifting. I mean, it's in the news all the time. So I don't know if you see as much of that stuff stacked up outside as we used to, but it still does happen. 
What I love about this is the very last line of the story. The 27 bags of ice were returned. Oh, they did to the take family back. dollar. <laughs> I, but can In you original still, condition? Can you still sell that? I mean, you don't know what those guys did to those bags of ice while they had them in the back of their pickup truck. I, I'm I'm just surprised that, you know, ice can't be that expensive. I'm surprised that the bags went back. Yeah, what does a bag of ice cost? I mean, f- for the small bag of ice, I think they're like, small bags is like three bucks and the big bag is five or something like that. Sure. That sounds right. So 27, yeah. if they were the small ones, 27 bags of ice, we're talking about 100 bucks worth. Uh, yeah. Less than that. Yeah. About somewhere in the, in the $80 range. So not that I'm saying, hey, you know, hey, Dollar General shouldn't worry about it. Hey, look, I don't want anybody stealing my stuff either. I get it. But it's not like they came in and heisted the gold from Fort Knox. Right. Uh, and then while we have a couple of quick minutes here, um, the story was out of Volusia County. This story is all over the place this morning. The guy that drove his truck into the ocean. (laughs) And it's the reason that he gave at nine o'clock in the morning that everybody's talking about. Yeah. He told it when he was asked by the cops, why is your and boy, did he get it out there into the water, too? I mean, I don't know how long it had been there, but it is not like right next to the shore. He drove this truck down the beach and into the surf. And uh, he said, well, it's, it's not my fault. The truck can't surf. He said he just wanted to surf. Uh, the vehicle had to be towed. He's lucky it didn't drift away. Yeah. because that, So they said the beach was closed because the tide was too high. I know a little bit about what salt water can do to an engine. And I will okay. tell you this, it is not pretty. So, yeah, the fact that they pulled the thing back out of the surf, that's fine. I don't think, at least in terms of the mechanics of it, the engine and transmission, it's never going to be the same. Salt water wrecks that stuff. Vehicle had to be towed. Uh, he was taken to the jail with a $200 bond. What was the charge for driving your... Reckless driving, maybe? It does not tell me what he was charged with. That would be yeah. my guess. Huh. I mean, uh, or trespassing? That too, yeah, because they had the beach closed. Because it was closed. Otherwise, drive your truck into the ocean if you want, but not while the <laughs> yeah. beach is closed. Clearly, it wasn't such a big deal because, I mean, a $200 bond is really, really right. low. But, right. I mean, just I get, maybe they figured, well, he already lost his truck, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of trucks, uh, Independence Avenue Bridge, it was not hit. The curtain that sits before it was. We'll talk to Mayor Quint Lucas about that coming up next year on KMBZ. Back here with you on this uh, Thursday morning here on KMBZ. Uh, we'll chat with Quentin Lucas here coming up in just a couple of minutes, I'm sure. So I have not let, hi, I have not yet listened to the New Heights podcast, which came out today instead of yesterday. Normally it's Wednesday, uh, but we are getting a lot of news about Travis Kelsey. <laughs> a lot more news about Travis Kelsey today than we normally would. Yeah. Of one of the many stories I have in front of me about him, and you could read stories all day if you want, is a little bit about what if some of his plans are. And I can't tell if he's talking off season or if he's talking after football, but he is talking about Hollywood stuff. Yeah. And if he did, I mean, if he did go through with it while he's still playing and he certainly, I don't think it's a mystery to anybody. Guy's got a lot of gas left in the tank. As far as football is concerned, he can play pretty much as long as he wants to. But uh, yeah, if, if he did go into Hollywood, let's say in the off season and made a movie or did, you know, did a TV show or two or something along those lines, he wouldn't be the first one to do that while he was still an in uniform player in the NFL. But yeah, you're right. He didn't really make it clear. And I think that the thing is, 
what we need to talk about here is if Travis Kelsey makes that move, he will kill it. He will be a star in Hollywood. There is no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and he's talking a lot about it being comedy. You know, he's been asked, what kind of stuff would you do? And sure. he's like, I like to make people laugh, and that's what we already know. It will just be fascinating to see if his personality, which which we all know to be gregarious and big and, and warm and really fun, works in Hollywood, works for scripted, works for, can he, can he do stand-up? I mean, it's, it's different to be a funny personality versus being a funny actor. Yeah, and his, I mean, with the New Heights podcast and with a lot of the things that we've seen after the uh, after the parades in the past and things like that, is that he's excellent off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And now that can't turn you into a stand-up. You still have to write an act. You still have right. to, and we don't know that he can do that. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but we don't know that he can do that because he's never done it. But in terms of doing crowd work and dealing with hecklers and all of that stuff, <laughs> you know, that that's what I want to see. I want to see somebody heckle Travis Kelsey during a stand up act and what he shoots back with yeah like will he take acting classes yeah will he take improv classes um i kind of hope he does like don't just take for granted that because you've got a great personality i don't presume acting is easy no i i I think that there is skill to that and and talent that you have to have and and ways to do it that maybe he doesn't have yet but I think it's great that that's what he's looking at for after, you know, we don't know how many years left he's got in the game, but he's 34. Yeah. And you look at, again, you look at some of the guys that have done it in the past while they were still pros. A uh, couple out of the NFL, a couple out of uh, out of basketball, Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, uh, John Matuzak going back a ways in the NFL, but he was one of the more famous ones and did. See, I can, I can see Travis Kelsey going down the same route that John Matuzak did. If you don't know any of his acting roles, he was in things like, caveman with Ringo Starr which was a you know a goofy comedy from uh, about 1980 or 81 um and you know he did that kind of thing he was also in a couple of football related movies playing the crazy guy on the team which is what he was so he was right. effectively playing himself but he was fun to watch and that's really all he was counted on to do uh it's fun i don't know if we, we'll get to uh we have Travis audio here that we may get to here in a second but um Patrick Mahomes was asked again, as, as we asked Cody about, I cannot imagine if I, if you told me to go cover the Super Bowl for a week before the actual Super Bowl, I would sit down all day and write down every possible question for every possible person I could think of. And one of the things that Patrick Mahomes was asked was, do you think you would make a good coach after football and who on the team would? And Blake Bell was one that he mentioned. And he said, yeah, I, I, I'd like to think I would, which makes you wonder, is that Patrick Mahomes' route yes. after the game? And I th- think absolutely. And either one of them could also be quite easily go into the broadcast booth. Patrick more so because of his just intrinsic understanding of the game. And with everything that he's learned from Andy Reid, I don't think there's a question in anybody's mind that he couldn't go be a quarterback's coach or maybe even a head coach somewhere in the NFL once thing- he's done. Sorry, the thing that he talked about was being a dad of two has taught him patience and that that's one thing that he would take with him as a coach. I got it. Okay. Yeah, we're going to shift gears here for just a second and go back into uh, what we have all been noticing over the past couple of days, uh, and especially over the last 24 hours, yet another hit to the Independence Avenue Bridge. Mayor Quentin Lucas uh, joins us on the line. Hello, Mayor. Hey, good to talk to you guys. I can talk Patrick Mahomes, too. I can do Independence <laughs> Avenue Bridge. All right. Whatever you need well, to get to the top of the hour. Well, let's start with Patrick, then. <laughs> is, is he going into coaching, or is he going to go into the broadcast booth? What do you think? 
I think Patrick should go into coaching. I, I mean, right. you, just what you noted, he's an amazing mentor, a young man at that. His knowledge of the game, his knowledge of motivating people, and frankly, the kind of the stand-up nature he is, I think that would be a great place for him. And then he can always go into TV after that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we will get back to uh, the Super Bowl and, and parade prep and that kind of stuff coming up here in just a couple of minutes. But, you know, the curtain was a great idea. We all cheered it on as a way to keep trucks from hitting the Independence Avenue Bridge, and it worked. Yep. The truck didn't hit the bridge, but man, did that curtain come down. Yeah, it was interesting to see that uh, whoever that truck driver was has absolutely no idea of the height of, of his vehicle. I mean, it was something. And, and I know there's discussion now on should there be a chain there, but the thing that concerns me is if you've got some truck driver who's driving that aggressively there, Maybe you really do need that that warning system that actually stops them because I'm scared they'd have chains kind of jingle, not really notice them, and then just keep barreling head you know head first into the Independence Avenue Bridge. That's come up so many times on our text line. We brought it up as well, and one of the problems that uh, some of us saw very early on with this, even though it worked in this case because the bridge wasn't hit, is that those that barrier is so close to the bridge. Is there any way to move yeah. it back a bit to, to give people, if they do hit that warning, time to turn around? You know, that's that's something else that has been discussed. We did have traffic engineers actually plan that for any number of reasons. Usually you have your warnings closer to the bridge. Those are reasons that I don't know entirely either. I think part of it is that you have folks, for example, if you did it in intersection before where there is a turnoff option versus does different traffic not actually get exposed to it, the people that are turning on to it, does it give the same level of warning? And, and frankly, um, <laughs> I hate to say it in a bad way, but you got to idiot proof things. And so it's kind of like, Hey, there's this thing coming. No, really. There's this thing coming. <laughs> now absolutely stop. Here is the thing. That's, I think what we're trying to do. That's more of the now absolutely stop. I think we'll continue to explore when we have things, you know, starting way, way further back because we have perhaps incorrectly for the last 50 years, assumed that people would actually just understand the height issues as well. We are getting questions about a permanent solution. If you can explain why you can't lower the road, why you can't raise the yeah. bridge, why there's not a permanent solution there. So, so the amazing thing about American life, for all who wonder, is that the railroads have just an incredible amount of power ever since the Lincoln administration. And if you ever try to get in a fight with a railroad company, they'll be like, no, President Lincoln signed this law that gives us protection for so-and-so. We have the president of the United States, the current one, come in town and asked a, a, a railroad, hey, can we shut this down for a minute so we can do a thing? They're like, absolutely not. So because it's a railroad-controlled bridge, they don't have to do anything. And so I think the conversation over the years has been, well, you, the city of Kansas City, can pay to fix our bridge for us and lower the road and do all those things for a certain amount of cost, or we'll just leave it the way it is. But I think that's the primary reason. This is not a city-owned or maintained bridge. Frankly, it must be the strongest bridge like in the history of the world. Um, but it's the sort of thing where we are trying to come up with creative solutions that help drivers traversing Kansas City streets while not being able to do kind of that ultimate solution through the engineering for uh, the railroad bridge. So what I'm hearing you saying, though, is that even though this barrier came down, we'll rebuild the barrier and we will add eventually as, as situations permit. Yeah. You know, I think that's exactly right. We'll add. I mean, you could always put a barrier or a curtain with chains further down the stretch. I do think, though, that there are some people who are who are hell-bent on actually just doing the wrong thing. I mean, on streetcar construction, which admittedly is confusing, but I'm sure you saw more than a few people 
who found themselves driving directly into cement or would go over barriers and any number of other things. I mean, it's up to us to remove confusion. That being said, there will sometimes always be folks who just who just have their way. Okay, real quick while we have you, uh, how are you feeling about the weekend and how are parade preps? We don't want to jinx it, but how are parade preps yep. going? Well, you know, with as beautiful as the weather is in Kansas City, even though it's a little uh, windy, I'm like, I'm loving this kind of weekendish vibe that we have right now. I think the um, next step, though, is, yeah, I, mean, I think the game's going to be great. I will uh, can be Quentin on sports, too, and tell you I think we'll win. That's not surprising. In terms of preparations for next week, we are always prepared, no matter what comes our way. So if it's a good time for the Chiefs and for Kansas City, we'll be ready for it. We'll have a good event. I've heard concerns left and right on any number of things. That being said, um, you know, it looks like it would be the sort of thing on the date that has been discussed. And uh, in terms of if there is not anything, people don't realize that before 2014, we had a parade planned before a bunch of other things we did. Yep. You don't always use it. It's kind of like if a, a groom or bride runs out on the wedding before. I guess, you know, you kind of pay the, the pay the deposits and you keep life moving. But certainly I hope we get to see a celebration. Tell us about the bet. Have you talked with Mayor Breed? To tell you how interesting and exciting the world is, I will be on, I believe, the Today Show tomorrow to talk about the bet. I mean, this is, you know, people always ask me, does Taylor Swift make a difference? And I would just say, this is, what, our fourth Super Bowl in five years. I have never been invited to do the bet on today's show. So, I mean, I, I think uh, we will talk about all of that. I'm pretty predictable, if you all have noticed our formula over the years. <laughs> it used to be barbecue. Yeah. The San Franciscans, who, by the way, are a city that paid off their bet. I've, I've had some news media requests. Is, you know, did Baltimore give the crabs? Do others do these things? Sometimes they get paid off. Sometimes these are things that get sent later in the year. San Fran is good, and they do have some outstanding food, so I'm hoping I get to uh, dine on a little more of it. We look forward to seeing you on TV tomorrow morning, and uh, go Chiefs. We appreciate the time, Mayor, as always. Hey, go Chiefs, go Independence Avenue Bridge. Great traditions for both in KC. Definitely. All right, we appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. We'll be back here in just a few minutes on KMBZ. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.